Welcome to the Real Estate Raw Show, hosted by Joe Mendoza. Hi, guys. I'm super, super excited to have Kurt Kelly today on our show. He's a lawyer, the president of Mobile Insurance, a company specializing in insuring mobile home park owners across the country and an owner operator of investment real estate as well. He has real estate holdings, including office, office warehouse, mobile home parks, and two vacation properties. Welcome to the show, Kurt. How are you? Well, thanks, Joe. It's good to see your face. I've heard about you. And I've, it's always fun to see uh, people that are exciting and fun to talk to. Yeah, likewise, likewise. Super, super excited to have you on the show. We're just going to jump right in. Tell us your background for my audience who doesn't really know you before real estate, before getting into mobile home parks, all that. Kind of give us some backstory. Oh, I Serial entrepreneur family, small business people. We always, you know, we would sit around the dinner table as a kid and talk about, you know, property investing, you know, a little rental house or, you know, don't ever buy a house, buy a duplex, live in half of it, use the other rent to pay it off. So uh, that was, that was my family background and kind of what I grew up with because, you know, people ask me, how did you know that? Well, we, we talked about it at the dinner table and other people were talking about uh, sports and science. We were talking about investing. So we're kind of a weird family. Got it. Got it. And so primarily right now, your main business is insurance? Yes. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about that side of the business. Well, it's really, it's a, com it's a commercial specialty insurance. So of all the things in the world, and I dream of this as a child, that I would grow up and be a mobile home insurance agent, but that's really kind of what we do. So we insure mobile home parks and insurance is kind of, is, is quirky. It's like, it's like real estate investing. If, if you, Find the right niche and the right stuff. It works pretty well if you don't. So with mobile home parks, you have to find you know, a company that likes mobile home parks, which usually if I call someone in New York and say, hey, Joe, I know you got an insurance company and come insure mobile home parks for me. I, I hear a dial tone pretty quick. So we have to find the companies that like that. We have to find the companies in the part of the country that like that. Because as you know, California is a lot different insurance market than New York, than Florida, than Texas, than Minnesota. It all varies. So it makes it kind of interesting. Size matters, place matters, operations matter, all that stuff. So it sounds terribly boring, but it's actually pretty interesting. How long have you been doing it? 26 years. I was saved out of a career of uh, doing divorce law and criminal law. I was in trial all the time uh, with uh, the people in the, in the, just gotten out of the bar and gotten in a fist fight. So I thought this had to be better. I'm a <laughs> refugee. I'm a refugee. Got it. How long were you practicing law full time before you transitioned over? Five years. Five years. Got it. Got it. Interesting. So you're right. I mean, California, we have a lot of wildfires here, right? And other areas, you have tornadoes and hurricanes and all that good stuff. So you are you are a nationwide insurer. Yes, I am. And and you're right. Those those little things matter, like California. So wildfires. It uh, used to be your name was attached to liability because everybody in California that's your national pastime there is we're going to sue somebody every time something goes wrong. But really, with the, it's kind of over been taken by wildfires lately. So if you're in an area with a lot of wooded area, you've got to be careful as an investor now because you might see that seller has a little document on their deal that says insurance, financial statement, expense. It's $5,000 a year. Now it's 15 this year. So you've got to watch for those kind of things. The same goes with uh, we've seen this phenomenon nationally with uh, you know crime. 
and you know, murder statistics are up 30, you know, the most ever in our history in a single year. So now insurance companies are paying a big attention. All right, Joe, are you buying something in a crime-filled area? Because if you are, I just might get sued for negligent security issues. And that's a policy limits-like claim. I don't want any part of it. Or if I do, I'm going to charge you a lot more. So you got to be careful about those things now, too. So geography matters. That's interesting. So would you suggest to an investor who's looking at one of these parks to call you for a quote as part of their due diligence? Or what do you best recommend? Well, it's funny, you're just saying, I had a friend tell me, Kurt, you need to have a new show called You Better Call Kurt uh, before you buy stuff. So I think if you're looking at anything that looks a little bit unusual, there's something interesting with it, it's worth a phone call to call me and, and, and I can give you some overviews of, okay, I don't think I have a problem with that. Insurance is not gonna be a big deal. No problem, that should zoom right through. Or this is gonna be a real issue. The seller does not disclose that they have a flood issue there and that's gonna be very expensive to insure around if you have a finance company that demands flood insurance or you're gonna have that risk. So a lot of times uh, it makes a difference. And I would tell all the audience too, every time you sign a contract, make sure you've got that little clause in there that says subject to proper financing being available because insurance is a subset of financing. And if you need to get out of a deal because it just turned out to be a bad deal after you got into your due diligence, Sometimes your insurance agent can be a real ally for you. Say that one more time for the audience that probably did not catch it, because that's a powerful clause. That's a powerful clause. And all those real estate contracts you all look at on a normal basis, they typically have a clause in there somewhere that says, subject to reasonable financing being available. And insurance is really a subset of financing. So sometimes you get into a deal and you just flat didn't realize that there's a real problem there from an insurability standpoint. And you can use insurance as a defense or as a weapon sometimes to go, I can't do it. There's a pollution problem on the property, it's been discovered. So this is not feasible to insure around it for past liability going forward for, it doesn't make sense. Or didn't tell me that you also needed flood insurance in your property. And I just realized that additional coverage for that triples your insurance premium which means your ROI is less than it was, which means my multiple of earnings I've been paying you is, is not what I thought it was nor what you sold it as. So we need to readjust. That's massive, Kurt. I totally agree with you because some of these areas, when you're looking at them, somebody's expecting to pay a few hundred, all of a sudden it's a few thousand. That'll totally screw up their net operating income and their cash flow and just really skew the numbers. Yeah, we see it all the time. Insurance is not going down. It's like the rest of the costs around the world. You think about too. So, you know, last year, you know, two years ago, you're going to build a building and a nice building. It was going to be $250 a foot. Uh, This year, you can count on that being $300 or $350. So the same goes with all your replacement cost coverages. So um, you got to be careful with that. That's probably as big a mistake as I see people make is they have, they're just like me. They're stuck in the past. They're kind of old. And they think, by God, the last time I built a building, it was $90 a foot. And that's what it's always going to be. And that's what I'm going to insure it for. It's not $90 a foot. You can't put in flooring for $90 a foot anymore. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, prices have skyrocketed. So let's talk about some different areas that you're seeing a higher demand or more a preferable area to invest. What are you seeing out there? Um, probably the same thing you guys are, too, for the nicest, prettier properties. You know, you, 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 see, you see five cap deals, you see four cap, you see six cap prices all the time. Um, and if you don't like that, get out of the way. There's probably someone lining back up to it. So what we're seeing, our investors, 
buying our clients, you're buying stuff that's a, you know, got a little bit of hair on it, needs a little fix, needs a little trick, needs some paint, uh, something that's not the most beautiful thing on the block. And I think that's what we're seeing more of today. And particularly Midwest, Pacific, what's, what's general areas you think are pretty hot to try? Well, I think Midwest, maybe more than the uh, Atlantic and Pacific, not because the coasts are worse, because they've been up, bid up so high. They're just so expensive. The return on investment there doesn't seem to make sense to more investors. So we're more likely to see a deal in Iowa than in the past, or maybe Eastern Colorado or someplace that's just not a jewel area. I mean, I'm like everybody else. I still like urban areas for potential growth and equity growth and valuation growth, but maybe you're on the edge of that urban area and not right in the middle of it anymore. So those would be trends that I see. Are there any particular reports that you would recommend to an investor to kind of study or to kind of get a better hedge on the market as far as insuring and also acquisition? You know, I think insurance, I mean, I think investing on that is so zip code property specific that you got to be almost a little careful with those reports. Those reports talking a lot of macro issues about what's going on in Colorado. If it's Colorado, they're probably talking about Denver. And if you're buying a property in La Junta, Colorado, you may not have anything at all to do with that. So I think it matters more what it is, what the flavor of it is, and exactly what you're buying. So I'm a little careful with those big reports. I like reading them too. And I, I, I like it when the Marcus and Milichep guys send me a note because those are big guys and they're sending something to little Kurt. That's kind of funny. So I get, I'll read it, but I'm also thinking, ah, it probably doesn't matter to my problem. That's great. That's great. Now, as far as like minimums, are there park size minimums to what you insure or you're all across the board, anything, everything? Well, we insure about any size community, but, but insurance is like other things. You get, you get a little bit bigger bang for your buck or better bang for your buck. Once a community gets over 30 sites or 40 sites on a mobile home park, um, you're just going to get a little bit better insurance value. So, and, and this is another good tip. Uh, and if you're ever buying property, if you can buy insurance on it from the expert in that particular type of property, you're probably going to get more for less. For instance, with the mobile home park insurance program, we generally offer more for less versus non-specialty carriers. And I'll say this, I own a office warehouse in Oklahoma City. That's kind of, you know, Think of Tornado Central, think of Hale Central. That's a specialty area. I don't write the insurance policy on that building because there's a guy in Oklahoma City I know that specializes in that exact kind of property and he does it better. So why would I pay more to myself just so I can shave you know, my 8% commission off of it? Makes no sense. So look for the specialty insurance agent. If you're buying a, you know, a, a male dancing facility, uh, for ballet, if you can find the insurance agent that does those buildings best, that's your guy or girl or whatever. Got it. Got it. And how about for you? Is there something like a, a very um, specific niche that you're like, you could pretty much beat anybody, everybody out there? Well, mobile home parks, um, certainly mobile home parks, mobile home dealerships, RV park insurance. Boy, we're, we know that we're tough to beat on it. Once in a while, we get beat on it. Our hit ratio on that on that's about 70%. And if you count the you know, 10 or 20% of the deals that fall out, we, we usually, uh, once we quote those, we get them because we know where to go. We know what company they are. We know the coverages. So we talk to a guy like you and we go, oh, by the way, you need to make sure you've got loss of income coverage on that property because if you don't and you have a fire, you're going to be bankrupt. 
And they go, what is that? And we explain it to them. Oh my God, I almost didn't get that coverage. So, you know, it's like when you go to a specialist doctor and then give you a lot more information about yourself in the particular specialty area than it would just be a general practitioner. Awesome. Now, some of these parks have a mix of parked owned and privately owned uh, units. Now, walk us kind of through the process. If somebody was going to go ahead and get a quote from you, what would they have to have? Okay, well, that's a, you know, that, that's a big difference. So, you know, mobile home parks with that you own the homes in them are much more akin to an apartment complex operation than they really are mobile homes. Because now you own the home, you got to do the maintenance on the home, you got to do, you know, the tenants are a little bit more in and out. Uh, it's certainly from an insurance perspective, it's higher risk. So in that particular case, we need to know more about your homes, how old they are, what shape they're in, the value of them. Because now you think, you know, I would say typically, if you had a mobile home park with 100 homes in it that you owned every all 100 of them versus a mobile home park with 100 homes in it owned 100, all 100 owned by tenants, your insurance premium would be 10 times in the park in the park where you own all the own homes because you got more liability. And now every time someone falls through a floor, gets electrocuted or, uh, or falls off their steps, it's your problem. And two, now you're insuring the property on all those buildings. So if you're in a fire hazard area of California or a hail area of uh, Nebraska or a tornado area of Oklahoma or a hurricane area of uh, Florida, you know, you're going to be, that, that's an expensive thing to do. So insuring those things. So quite a bit more work. And you might be good at rental home operations. We see some people that are, they're good at maintenance. They got a maintenance person or they are a maintenance person. God bless your soul. Boy, I'm envious of you. Uh, that works out pretty well. I mean, I, I, it's a funny, stupid story on me. You know, I thought I'd buy these uh, five mobile homes and they're all on land, I had the land on them. Uh, they're multi-section homes. Uh, I was going to buy them for 40 grand each and I was going to rent them for $900 a month. What kind of idiot can't make money on that? Well, this guy, because every time I moved someone out, I had to go in and redo the floor, redo the painting. I had to hire the most expensive contractor in town to do it. I was dumb enough to let my wife go out there and fix stuff like she liked it. So every time I thought I'd make eight grand over two years, I paid it all back in expenses. And the only reason I made money on that deal is because I just fell under the proper mud. Because by the time I sold him about five years later or three, four years later, after I realized I was not a rental home manager of any talent whatsoever, the value of that real estate had gone up. So I sold him for a hundred grand to people that bought him as homeowners. So Anyway, know what you are, know what you're not. <laughs> Got it. Got cool. it. Definitely stay in your lane. Now, yeah. is there a recommendation? Because uh, a while ago you said something about like a good sweet spot might have been like 30 um, spaces or mobile homes on a park. Is there a particular sweet spot as far as like, okay, we got to have an on-site manager to X amount of homes? Is What's, what's kind of like the good blend? Yeah, to get into, that's a good question, because if you want an on-site management, which uh, that's nice to have, and you want any kind of uh, professional or at least most of the time manager, you need to have a park with, you know, 80 sites or more. Now, you could have a 50-site mobile home park with 40 rental homes, and that would require a full-time manager probably, um, and your, your income would be more enough to cover it. But yeah, above that, you get in the management, and you'll see this phenomenon. Um, once you get to a certain size and you get full-time management, that's when the really big 
players that buy those properties become interested in them. So they get bid up more. So you, if you can get a park and add a little bit, add value, uh, grow a little portfolio, then all of a sudden now you can sell it to some rich guy like Joe Mendoza, who's <laughs> a big time investor. He wouldn't have been bothered with it earlier, but he'll pay more than will uh, you know little little Sally Smith on a private investor. So you can get stuff grown up. You can increase your values exponentially. I appreciate that. Now, um, thanks for the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as as value add, that's a huge one. So somebody listening out there, that's a buzzword. What would be some different value adds to a mobile home park? Well, here, here's a really interesting economics about mobile home parks. So let's say you buy a 100 site park and it's got 60 tenant owned homes and 10 park owned homes and 30 empty sites. You know, typically today, depending on who you are, maybe you're, you're paying $50,000 per occupied site, $5,000 per unoccupied site, plus a little bit of money for the park owned homes. Now, if you go out and buy a single section manufactured home, and have it installed in your park, a three bedroom, two bath home, that's probably gonna cost you about 60 grand. But you gotta remember, as soon as you do that and you put a tenant in it, the value of your park just went up 50. So you bought a $60,000 home, your park went up 50, plus you own a $60,000 home. So you really just netted 50 grand, 60 grand in income just by buying a home and put it in your park. Now, if you sell it, then you get the income off the home on the park too. So that's a really interesting thing. And it's an interesting phenomenon because you can do that for all 30 sites. If I'm not mistaken, 30 times $50,000, even in Oklahoma and Texas, that's a lot of money. Uh, that's, that makes it pretty foolproof. And I, I find I do really well in foolproof investments. Uh, the, the difficult one's not so good, but in foolproof stuff, I, I can manage it. Awesome. <laughs> now, are you still buying today or you're just kind of letting those properties ride that you have in your portfolio? Well, in my mobile home park portfolio, most of the stuff I buy, I ride along with a really smart guy like you. I'll find an investor that does some stuff and they can offer him because mobile home parks are pretty management intensive. That requires some talent and some know-how to ensure it to, to operate those. I'd rather ride along with them than you spend my time, I'm probably, I'm worth more as an insurance agent than I am as a park manager. So I can handle stuff like a one tenant office warehouse, which is what I have some of that stuff. I can manage that pretty well. Or this little office building I'm in, I can manage that deal okay. But a mobile home park, I'm probably better off with a mobile home park manager. So I'll, I'll put a little equity in with those and those managers that put those together. They take a little bit of money off the top for putting them together, maybe you know 20%. And then we share after that. That'd be typical that's awesome, Kurt. Now, expenses wise, I once read something about like, you know, the expenses on mobile home parks are very minimal compared to a multifamily regular apartment complex. Uh, roughly 30% or below is uh, expenses. What are you seeing across the board? Um, that, that's certainly true if you have tenant owned homes in the park. If you have park owned homes, those metrics change and they're not too far off apartments. With tenant owned homes park, yeah, um, 30 to 40%, um, what I hear for your cost or revenue is, is probably in that wheelhouse if you have just a really pretty clean, basic community. There's people that do better than that, but um, you know, maybe 35, 40%. Got it, got it. Now, as far as what you're also seeing out there, people buying these mobile home parks, 
Are you seeing any common things people are doing right or wrong? What are what are you seeing out there? Oh, the, the one you know, we talked about earlier, the thing to do wrong is to buy something that's just not you. So if you're buying a real fixer-upper and you're not a fixer-upper person or manager, maybe stay away from that. If you're not, if you're a, a first-timer, stay away from the rental house thick mobile home parks. It's, it's a lot more work, a lot more energy. And you're going to get a lot of expensive lessons in how to do maintenance and how not to do it. So that'd be probably the thing I would watch out for. And watch out for the things that can't be fixed. For instance, if it's got a pollution problem, that really can't be fixed. And the liability of that attaches now and it attaches forever. Even if you sell it to your buddy Joe, uh, two years later, you still have all the liability. Flood problems. I don't know that you can ever fix a flood problem. I mean, that is always there. Can't elevate properties very easy. So those are two examples. Or a crime area, you know, really a high crime area. Uh, you can't fix your area very well, and it might grow out of it over years. But for right now, those are things that uh, if you're buying it, I'm saying I'm not saying don't buy those, but know know what you're buying. Got it. And then opportunity zones. I'm seeing these here and there. You hear them on LoopNet. You hear them on a podcast. What do you think about these mobile home parks that are nearby or in an opportunity zone? What are your thoughts about that? Uh, boy, that's a good tax tax guy question. But yeah, you know, I think you still have to watch to make sure it's in, it's basically a good deal. I wouldn't buy a deal only for the tax structure unless I really had a really huge income I was trying to hide or something like that. But uh, I think you still need to watch your basic valuations. But they can be a a great kicker on the end of it. So if you think you've done okay. On your basic operation, then you get a nice tax benefit. Then it becomes, you know, what might have been a double becomes a triple or a home run. And then you look really smart. <laughs> awesome, Kurt. Well, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Anything else you wanted to add? Any other fun stories that you have in your business? Oh, boy. I could go on forever about, I'll do this. One day, this sometime in the future, when something goes right at your business all day long, call your insurance agent and say, you know, Kurt, everything went right today. I just wanted you to know that because we never get that call. We only get the call when things go to go right to the wastebasket. So remember in your head, do that for your insurance agent. One day, call him and go, you know, nothing burned down. No one died in the front door. No one was shot. We made money. I'm paying my insurance premium. I just want you to know that so you can go home to sleep. That's awesome, Kurt. I totally get that. <laughs> Kurt, best way to get a hold of you. Anything else you're working on promoting? Oh, thanks. Uh, if you guys like to talk to us about insurance, especially if you're in our specialty, we're pretty good. Uh, mobileagency.com is our website. We've got a lot of great information on there, too, that's welcome to anybody. Loss control, operation stuff, business forms. Uh, that's some good stuff. we got some funny videos on there that uh, we just had fun making. Uh, so mobileagency.com, or you can call me if all you got is a cell phone. That's 800-458-4320, 800-458-4320. Joe, thanks for having me on. I had a uh, pleasure. Thank you so much, Kurt. We wish you well. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I hope you learned as much as I did or more. So, guys. Look at the comment thread. If you've seen something or heard something, want to learn more about something, please put it on the comment link below. If you're not a subscriber yet, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Go ahead and smash that bell to hear the latest and greatest on the show. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. 
I'm putting this channel together to hopefully add incredible value to you. And if you want to learn more about investing, you're new to investing, I highly recommend this book, Flex with a Plex. Also, this book, if you're having some challenges, as you can see, everybody on the show had some kind of adversity, including yours truly. So I shared a lot of that on Make It A Comeback, giving you some incredible tips to make a comeback. So get either one, Plex with a Plex, or Make It A Comeback. If you want to get more tips, go ahead and go to JoeMendoza.com. Again, subscribe, share, like, make a comment below. I really, really appreciate you. Want to add incredible value and wish you all the best in your success in real estate and in life. Take care. Our company is not responsible for the success or failure of your business decisions relating to any information presented by our company or our company programs, products, and or services.